This is On the Block with Stricken Nate. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. And Hokie Homer turned Husker, Nathan Brennan. Everyone knows that I'm the smartest person here. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Nate. Happy, happy, happy Tuesday to all of you. My name is Nate Brandon. He's the Husker Hall of Famer, nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. You're listening on the block, 93.7 The Ticket, 424-645-6856. Sorry, Heyman, text line, Honda, Lincoln Hotline. As always, we want to hear from you. You can also check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. If you head over to YouTube, give us a like, give us a subscribe. We appreciate all of you for helping us get to 2,000. The goal is to now get to 3,000. We appreciate you for all that you do. Strick, what's going on today? How you doing? Doing all right, man. Um, let's see. Today, it's a little up and down for me today. Up and down? Yeah, a little up that? and down. Yeah, doing all right? I didn't sleep very good yesterday. Uh, but... We're here on the block, and hey. we're going to make a day of it. <laughs> That's um, what we do. We got all the blockheads on Hump day is approaching. That's right. It's right here. And then we the got corner. Thirsty Thursday. Yeah. And then we got uh, one day left until game day. So I don't even know how many days it is now. I think it's four days until game day. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, 4-2-4-6-4-5-6-8-5-0. Lincoln Hotline. Sarder Heyman text line. I want to address something here that uh, uh, Tyler says uh, on the Sarder Heyman text line. He's talking about the crossover. Um we were talking about what, what Casey Thompson said uh, today at the press briefing. Strick, I'll play it for you and get some of your thoughts, too. Um, but he says, uh, he said good things about Frost, too, which, yes, he did. And then and then Tyler says, we could lose every game by one score and you'd praise him. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, Tyler, I would. Because with the cards that Mickey Joseph has been dealt the thing about Scott Frost and the the reason that I was hopeful, optimistic, whatever word you want to use when it comes to Scott Frost about his one-score losses is that it was against elite competition. It gave you momentum with the program. You move forward. You go into this season and you have better showings. You start out 3-0, yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> Obviously, that didn't happen. The fan base turned on Scott Frost. I wouldn't say that I turned on Scott Frost. I still wish him the best, but I think the right move was made. The difference between that is that Mickey Joseph walked into a team that was one and two, basically one and three. Let's be honest. That Oklahoma game, I think, would be completely unfair to throw on him. So Mickey Joseph is given a one and three team in the middle of a season, and he can keep these games to one score. Well, for what it's worth, he started his coaching, his head coaching career at Nebraska with a winning record at two and one. And at this point in time, if he could keep it close in a one-score game between Michigan, Illinois, you can throw in that group, I don't know, maybe Minnesota, you know what? I'll consider that a success because of the cards that he's been dealt. If it's year four and we're having this discussion, okay, maybe I've learned my lesson and I understand that. But 
this is something that you can build off of. This is optimistic because, again, let, let's remember that when Mickey Joseph took over the job, there were people saying this might be the low point in Nebraska football history. It was Nebraska football in everyone's lifetime that we're living right now. This could be rock bottom. And he's turned this program into, I'm not saying that this is a bowl team. I'm not saying this team is going to win the Big Ten West. I know it's always fun to talk about. We can be optimistic. But let's be honest. With the cards that he's been dealt, if you can keep it close in games, I consider that a win. Is that the long-term goal? Absolutely not. But from what we were talking about at the beginning of the season, legitimately, after that Georgia Southern game streak, I know we talked about it, we said, is this rock bottom for Nebraska? And you know what? It felt like it. I don't know if Mickey Joseph's the long-term answer. I don't know what's going to happen for the rest of the season, but I can confidently say now I don't think it's rock bottom. I think it could be significantly worse. Yeah. I, I think when you look at that part and you, you also assess the recruiting and continuing to stay on task and on focused yeah. and yes. adding and additions to that, um, you know, got some solid 2023s, you know, and I think – Getting those guys really having a true assessment from the position as a head coach is it's different. It's totally different when you you have a um, a coach comes in and he's looking in his room. He's looking at yeah. his specific players and the purview of what's next to come and who they want to add and what additions are to be made. And when you're looking at it from that standpoint, it's a different view. It's a different perspective. It would be no different than, you know, if you lived only in Lincoln and that was the perspective you had until you move to, say, Dallas or you move to Phoenix and your purview and your, your perspective changes because it's a wider scope of a sample size that you're taking a look at. And it's the same thing. So you've been used to just this block. Now you have to really look at the whole city. Yeah. And and it's a different look. And I think when he's looking at that and he's still now moving to make that part of it better, I think that's that's something to speak for, you know, and, and he's he's getting some buy in and he's, you know, getting the, the staff on your page as opposed to your room on your page in accordance to what the coaching the head coach wants. Mm-hmm. Right now, you're that guy. So I, it's tough to turn that around in the middle of a season. It's in, it's, it's incredibly tough. difficult too. And and this is a guy that hasn't been a head coach at the Power Five level, and you're just throwing him into it in the middle of the season when he was told and he was hired to be the wide receivers coach. Like I understand that he was the interim head coach, but when you're hired, it's there's a head coach in place. There's an offensive coordinator in place. You're the wide receiver coach. Now you're thrown into this head coaching position, and not only did you do it well enough that the players are speaking highly of you, you're showing success on the field. You have more Big Ten wins already through, what, four games with Mickey Joseph as the head coach than you did all last season. You already have more Big Ten wins, and he's Mm -hmm. been the coach for four, what is it now, five weeks, weeks, six weeks? Five going on six weeks. And Craig says here, Huskers won't win another game this season. Will you still be drinking the Kool-Aid, Nathan? Craig, to be honest with you, yes. Because this is the way that I'm interpreting this situation with Mickey Joseph. And this is how I think the fan base needs to look at it, too. Because I know we get ahead of ourselves, and I know the expectations, the Kool-Aid, all that starts flowing. But guess what? If I had to ask you right now, are they in a better position now 
than they were after the Georgia Southern game? I think it would be a resounding yes. Again, I don't know if Mickey Joseph is going to be the head coach moving forward. I don't know who that head coach is. But after what happened after that Georgia Southern game, the way that the players reacted, the way the media reacted, I mean, it was it was doomsday scenario. We were having discussion. I'll say it again. Is this the rock bottom low point for Nebraska football in its history? We were having that discussion. And I don't think we're having that discussion anymore. I'm still drinking the Kool-Aid because I think they're in a better spot than they were after the Georgia Southern game. I truthfully believe that, yeah. whether Mickey Joseph's the head coach or not. Yeah, I can see that they're definitely in a better position. And I just like that they're expanding their eyes on other people and just really trying to figure out what options are available. You have to, right. To me. I mean, I, I, I like that. I mean, because it's, it's easy. It's simple to just put your focus on what is already the norm, what, what you're already expecting, and then just move in that vein and just get through it. Right. But it's, 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 it seems that he's really trying to make corrective measures, and he's really trying to make adjustments, and he's really trying to find, you know, some, some elements in the core of the groups that can Bring make the this most team out of young men, yeah, right? Man, that's what I, it seems like to me. So that's what that's why I say it's better, right? You know, it, I, that's why I just didn't see that before. You know, especially now, you you know, you know now that you've lost Henrich Heinrich for the rest of the year, right? He's out. So now you've got to do another reassessment and at the linebacker position. So it's. So it's, it's a lot going on, man. I mean, you, you just got to think lot. about what Mickey Joseph was dealt. I mean, he's just been put in a tough situation, and I, I I can't think of a scenario where he handles it much better. I mean, the Oklahoma game, I'm going to call a wash I, again. I think it's kind of unfair to throw that on him. You you go in in a game against Indiana, you win. You go on the road against Rutgers. I don't care if you want to consider it a sellout. I don't care if you want to say it's Rutgers. It's a road game in the Big Ten. Okay, I, I don't care who you play. It's a difficult competition, especially for a coach in his third week being the head coach of the football team. They win that game. You're competitive on the road against the Purdue, Purdue team that had votes to win the Big Ten West before the season started and is now the 26th, the last team not ranked in the AP poll. So, I, listen, I, I think he's dealt with it well. I think he's handled adversity well. Uh, Texter says they're in a better position than they were uh, after Northwestern. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that, too. Uh, Tyler says, I want him to succeed as much as anyone. It was time to move on from Frost. Is the station is selling MJ so hard it comes off? It's just weird for me. Listen, Tyler, th this is the thing. is I, I don't know who's going to be the head coach. I'm rooting for Mickey because I, I, I think that the players like him. To be honest with you, I just want Nebraska to succeed. Like, yeah, he, like, he's a recruiting he's – He's recruiting, good at recruiting, and it good. seems like the players like him. Yeah. Like, that, that – you sell that much to me, but you know what? If there's a better option out there, hire that guy too. For crying out loud, I just this is this is what I want to see. I want to see improvement from week to week, like you always say, Strick. And I want to see. I want to be able to say confidently that Nebraska is in a better position when he leaves than when he took over. And right now, if he were to leave tomorrow, I would say that the program, the Nebraska football program, is in a better spot. Yeah. I think they he's are. doing what he's got to do. I think he's doing what he's got to do. And you saw that was very evident that even on the off times, it wasn't an off time for him. Um, he was at games. He's visible. He's in people's face. He's, he's recruiting. having conversations. Yeah. 
he's still doing everything in in this in spite of what the words that are circulating around him who's they're gonna who's who's next to replace him is he good enough you've got all these things going on and he's he's still just focused on the job and that's what i can appreciate about what he's doing he's just still focused on the job and getting the job done and and hopefully making it better and that's why i think this game is very important this illinois game is very important because it's prime time CBS game, I believe. ABC. ABC game. It's prime time. <laughs> you got to watch it. It's, so, it's on. You, you know, you, everybody's going to be watching, and I think that's an important thing to really be ready, prepared, and what better time to do it than to have a bye week to where you really can just set your focus on the things that you need to tighten up and get better at. I still think they need to just figure out a way to get the ball out of Casey Thompson's hands quicker. Yeah. I think they need to do and find ways to be very creative in the run game. Can't just be straight into the tackles and downhill on these guys. They're 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 pretty good in their style in the run game. Uh being creative and getting to the perimeters and finding out ways to use uh, guys like Ramir Johnson in the past game, yeah. you know, out of the backfield. I, I just really think that I'm hoping that that's going to be something that they try to put in. Well, Strick, you mentioned Casey Thompson. This is how this conversation came up, and, and me and Rico were talking about this. I'm going to play the soundbite for you, too. This was Casey Thompson today speaking on Mickey Joseph, and I just kind of want to get your reaction because you played for a bunch of different coaches. You played for players coaches. You played for coaches that you liked, don't like. I just want to get your reaction after hearing this. So again, this is Casey Thompson today uh, at, at the media briefing. I like Coach Joseph because he brings good energy. He's very detailed and organized. Um, he's very intense and he's passionate. And uh, he brings the best out of everyone. Uh, what I like about him is when you walk in the building, uh, whether you're a player or a coach, everything you do is, is going to be evaluated. Um, anybody on staff has to do their job. And he just he holds everybody accountable. And I really like it. I enjoy it. Um, you know, after, after a win, he's, he's always, I mean, almost every day we, we talk and we meet. And he tells me what I need, what he needs from me as a quarterback and as a leader. And I appreciate him because he pushes me. Um, he gets on to me. You know, he probably coaches me. You know, him and Coach Whip, they, they coach me just as hard as any coach I've ever had. Um, and they get on to me a lot. And that's, I kind of grew up with my dad on me a lot. And uh, my dad, like I said, my dad was with me when I was growing up. So I'm used to it. I'd rather a coach be um, more demanding and more aggressive and be more vocal about what they need from me instead of being passive and I mean, at the end of the day, I'm still uh, a college student. You know, I'm, I'm not, I haven't made it to the, the pros yet. I'm not a coach, so I don't know everything, and I need to have that hard coaching. I think Coach Joseph does a good job uh, with me, holding me accountable, and the rest of the team, and also the coaches as well. So I like him because he brings energy and passion, but I've been most impressed with him because his, um, his organization and his discipline. I mean, every week he's holding guys accountable off the field if we have guys that miss things, um, whether it's meals or – um, workouts or if they miss class or, you know, if they're not on time to something, everyone's held accountable every week and there's punishment and there's uh, consequences for it. So I really like what he's doing. And um, no matter what happens next year, uh, Mickey Joseph, he'll always have my respect. And, uh, you know, I want him to be around for sure. Strict. <laughs> Listen, that's, that's from your, that's from your head guy right there. That that's is your the, leader. That's your leader in the, in the locker room, your leader on the field. Um, that communication between coach and and uh, especially a quarterback is an important one. Yes, OC communication is important. Yes, quarterback uh, room, you know, uh, coach is important. But also that head guy and the confidence in the head guy and that communication yeah. between 
that uh, those persons and those captains are an important uh, piece that you must have. It's a, it's a it's a tremendous element that must be in place in order for you to feel um, assured and confident and feeling good about what you're getting yourself into and whether or not you want to stay. And, 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 and listen, those young men also are part of the recruiting system. Um, when guys were brought in to, to be recruited, they don't just have coaches that they talk to. They also have to talk to young men like Casey Thompson. Right. Or when I was there, you know, certain guys, they would put on you because they know that there's something you believe in. And plus you have a tie and you have a buy in. And that's why that happens. And so that's part of the process, too. And to hear that from him, I, I think it's just it just speaks volumes about what we're seeing. And, and that's the thing, too, I, I want to ask you strictly how for a college kid, you can even speak when you were in college, is it important to have that relationship? Because I just look at a guy like Casey Thompson and I say, like, I, I do genuinely believe he is a leader in the locker room. I, I think he probably speaks for a lot of guys when he goes to the podium and says something like this. And that it's having that relationship, it, it is. Like, yeah, it was very authentic. Me and Rico said, like, he could have been up there and said, you know what, Mickey's done a good job. I respect him. We'll see what happens the rest of the season. Yeah. He talked about their personal relationship, how yeah. he pushes him. Like what, accountability, what he wants for him moving forward. Like there are things that he didn't have to say, right? And and he did. And I just I think that can't go without saying is that as us as fans, media, whatever you want to say, the players in the locker room are the ones playing for the guy. Yeah, for crying out loud, <laughs> it sounds like yeah, we're all Monday like morning, him. Wednesday morning quarterbacks. Yeah, right, that's the guys that really have to go out and execute. And it sounds like they have a good relationship, yeah. and I think that's important. Yeah. It is. It's a tremendous piece of 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 the team chemistry, and um, Mickey's doing a good job, man. In, you know, say what you will. Like like you said, I think you said something that was really important. You have more Big Ten wins than you had in quite some time. So, all last season. All last season, <laughs> you you had more, and then and then you know his record is uh, you know he's two and two right now, and give him a shot. You know, just really stop. I just think stopping the backdoor banter, just really just allow him to have his time. What Trev, what the everybody else presents, take a look at that as well. Right. But let's not get ahead of our skis and get out in front of it and just start trying to, uh, you know, put thoughts on something that is not. Right. Give the man a fair shake. Right. And I think he has the opportunity it's set for him to do that. And I think that's that's the interesting part about this and kind of the cool part about it is this is basically a tryout. Like, this is basically a tryout for him. So we'll see what happens. We have more from the press conference coming up after this. we got to take a quick break. Listen on the block. 93.7 The Ticket.